want to just make a few announcements before I get started this morning. As most of you probably realize, um, three Sundays from today will be Easter. <laughs> so we'll have that. I'm not sure. Do we usually have Sunday school on Easter morning? Okay. I was just wondering because I had talked to Jamie and he's planning on coming on Easter morning, so that works out great. Um, also, the following Sunday after Easter Sunday, uh, Brother Ken Cowan will be here and he will actually be here the following Sunday also, so he'll be here for a whole week. We're probably not going to have meetings every night, but we probably will have one in the middle of the week, so you can kind of put that on your calendar and uh, start thinking about that. Also, I had an opportunity to speak with Kevin, the owner of the bar over there, and we're, he said we're uh, very welcome to use their parking lot on Sunday. So if you're finding a hard, hard place to park, we can use his parking lot. We, we kind of have a pretty good uh, arrangement with him. I mean, you know, in a fellowship with him, he, he lets us use his, and we let him use ours when necessary. So anyway, so if you're finding a, it's hard to find a place to park, you can park in the bar parking lot. <laughs> yeah, we won't judge you. We won't judge you. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I've been thinking about it. I actually was praying about it last night. Well, this morning, I guess. And uh, I, I feel like we should. I'm just not sure where or when. I mean, I know when, I guess, but I don't know where. <laughs> There's usually only one day you can have a sunrise service. So. Uh, but yeah, I'll... Well, I'll try and get it figured out this week, maybe let you know next week. That should give us enough time, I hope, to plan for one. I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out a spot where we can have one. I don't think they're even having s my house. <laughs> well, they're not having services, but I don't know. I don't think they're even open back up yet. Um, I thought about our house, but I'm not sure. I guess we've got lots of field to stand in. Um, let, me, let me think about it and pray about it, and you pray about it as well, and we'll, uh, Lord will give us an answer. I'm sure of that. <laughs> um, oh, I also just wanted to announce this morning, we have some guests here this morning. I uh, just want to let you know we're having a fellowship dinner after service. Feel free to stay in fellowship with us and, and uh, eat. Yes, yeah, yes, please. <laughs> Thank you, Rodeo. Seemed like I had one more thing on my mind, and I'm trying to recall it. Oh, I know what it was. I want you to take a look around this morning and see who's missing. We need to call some people, let them know we missed them. You know, um, I think probably in the past you've always felt like, well, that's the pastor's job, which it is part of it. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, it does more good when you call someone than it does when I call someone. Because uh, a lot of times when I call them, they think that I've been keeping a record and checking on them and, uh, you know, that way. But anyway, so uh, do, let, let's, let's be the kind of group that loves one another. And when we're not there, let's let people know we miss them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I guess I'm going to speak this morning on discouragement. Hallelujah. You know, <laughs> that's discouraging. 
Well, hopefully I can get you out of that discouragement. Um, but I was just thinking about, you know, the last year we've had with all this COVID activity, whether you believe it or not, <laughs> it, it has brought discouragement upon people. Uh, I think the elections have discouraged people. And I want you just to think about discouragement, you know. It, it may seem like just a minor thing to us or just a, a plain thing by itself, but in all reality to me, I think that discouragement is a root. And out of that root will grow many emotions, you know. Uh, it may be depression. You may get depressed when you get discouraged. You may get angry when you get discouraged. But the, the main thing I think about with discouragement is it comes when we take our eyes off of God. The word discourage, this is what it means, to lose confidence or enthusiasm. I want you to think about that. We need to be enthusiastic for God. We don't want to lose that. We don't want to become discouraged to the point where we lose our confidence in God and what He's doing or we lose our enthusiasm. Uh, discouragement is a place of no peace. You won't find peace in discouragement. If God promises us peace, then I hope you're realizing that if you're in discouragement, you're not where God wants you. <laughs> you're not where you should be. You've taken your eyes off of God and placed it on the problem. In Matthew 14, you can look this up later, this is the story of when Jesus came walking to the disciples on water and, uh, you know, Peter called out to him and said, Lord, you know, if that's you, bid me to come out upon the water. And Peter went out upon the water. Now, I want you to notice something here. The storm hadn't been calmed. God will call us out into the storm in faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was just picking up on a lot of things that were said this morning in uh you know, we definitely need faith. And uh, you know how you get faith? The Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we're going to get into the Word here a little bit later and talk about it. But I want you just to think about what Peter did. He walked on the water in the midst of the storm. And I don't know if he got discouraged, but I know he took his eyes off of Jesus. He began to look at that storm instead of looking at the storm uh, peacemaker in a sense and he began to sink. Let's don't take our eyes off of Jesus in this storm that we're in. You know, this, this storm is a creation of the enemy. It's not of God. Hallelujah. You know, uh, just as, you know, if, if that storm that the disciples would have been in would have been created by God, do you think Jesus could have stopped it? No, he stopped it with his word, peace be still, and it stopped because it was meant to bring distraction to the disciples. These things are brought to bring distraction or discouragement to you. And I just want you to remember that and begin to think about that. I want to read this scripture out of uh, Psalms beginning to speak about the word. Uh, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. 
It'd be nice if that was true for us. But I think we would probably all admit that we probably spend too much time listening to other things, looking at other things besides the Word of God or thinking about the Word of God. I'm not saying it's everyone. Um, I know I can spend more time in the Word than I do. But we see here the psalmist writing, you know, it is my meditation all the day, the Word of God. I want to turn over to Psalms 1. I probably could quote this, but I don't really trust myself this morning. So. Let me just read the first couple of verses. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You know, there's so many words used throughout the Bible, law, precepts, commandments, and they all mean the word. If you think about it, that's where we get, in all reality, our relationship with God is through his word. You know, I know we have Jesus in our heart and we have the Holy Spirit, but without the word, really, we have no gas in the tank, <laughs> so to speak. You know, uh, we're not going to go anywhere without the word. It's necessary, just like what we're reading here, you know, meditation all the day long, you know. It's a delight unto me. That's the way the Word of God has got to become to us. It has to become a delight to us, that which we desire. I was thinking about the Scripture, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled, you know. But in all reality, that desire leads us or takes us into the Word. And that's where the filling comes in, is through the Word of God and through the presence of God and His Word. Hallelujah. Now, Isaiah 26, 3, it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusteth in thee. Well, how do you keep your mind upon God? By getting into his word, by reading his word. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I haven't, uh, I didn't look ahead to see what the Sunday school lesson was, but I want to go to Psalms 19. If you were in Sunday school this morning, you know that's where the fellow was speaking about this morning. And I'm not going to speak so much about what he spoke about as the latter part of this uh, chapter, but I'm going to hit on a little bit of the first part of it. See, the, the Bible says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Well, God has given us at least two witnesses to himself. First of all, his creation, and then his word. Both of these testify of the glory of God. And that's what we listened to this morning in Sunday school was about the creation how it testifies. But I want you just to notice something in this first uh, verse. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. This really speaks of God uh, putting his mark on his creation in a sense, just like a painter makes a painting and then puts their mark on it so you know whose it is. That's what God has done in creation by what he has done. He has marked it and said, I'm here. This is mine. You know, I've done this. I believe when we accept Christ in our heart, that same mark goes upon us. He's mine. She's mine. They're mine. Hallelujah. So God has provided us with the testimony of his creation. 
but also with the testimony of his word. And I want to go down to verse 7 and begin here and just speak about these a little bit. Hallelujah. And I want you to notice as we go through this, the different names that they use for the word of God, really. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You know, in this world we live in, you're not going to find too many things that are perfect. But here's one. The law of the Lord or the word of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. This word convert means to uh, return to an original state. I want you to think about man. You know, I think most of us understand that when Adam and Eve were created in the garden, they were perfect. Because of sin, we fell away from that. But God has implemented a plan for us, and we can gain it through his word, that perfect word. It will convert our soul. It will take it back to where it belongs, where it used to be at the beginning. And I want you to notice here, it's the converting of the soul. You know, I've shared this with you before, and this is my belief. The spirit within us, that's God. It's the breath of God that was breathed into us at our conception. And uh, if you read in Ecclesiastes, you'll see that when you die, that spirit's going to go right back to God. There's nothing that touches your spirit as far as making it... uh, unapproachable to God when he said that you know when you eat of this fruit you shall surely die what it meant was in the spiritual realm is that you kind of fall asleep in the spirit you become dull your spirit's not dead it's just asleep and when Christ the quickening spirit comes in that spirit is made alive hallelujah and we begin that battle of flesh and spirit the Spirit of God battling against the flesh of man. But our soul is what God is working on. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. That's what we should be worried about is our soul. Our spirit is fine. Our old man's going to go back to the dirt. But where is your soul going to end up? The law of the Lord is perfect, converting your soul, getting it back to right standing with God. The testimony of the Lord is sure. What's the testimony of the Lord? His word. Making wise the simple. Hallelujah. This word simple is kind of an interesting word. It means to be gullible. Are you being gullible in your life in God? Are you listening to the wrong voice? Are you believing lies instead of the truth? The testimony of the Lord is sure. You don't have to worry about if it's right or wrong. It's sure. And it will make you wise. It won't, you know, you no longer will be gullible if you're listening to the word of God. You'll be doing the things that God asks you to do. You know, last week I spoke to you about bondage and the strong man of the house. And I just want to kind of put that back up there. Are you being the strong man of the house? 
If you want to be the strong man of the house, you need to be into the word of God. If you remember Jesus being led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, he used the word of God. And that's what our defense is, is the word of God. If the enemy comes to you, you need to know the word of God. It is sure. Is it sure in your hearts? Hallelujah. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Do you have a rejoicing heart this morning? If you don't, the statutes of the Lord are missing. Because it's a promise right here. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. If you get into a state of discouragement and your heart isn't rejoicing, get into the Word. Find out what God says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. A lot of the things we see in the world today are not pure. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Again, the word. The word of the Lord is pure. What's it do? It helps you to see what you should be seeing. It helps you to see things through the eyes of God. It helps you to understand the folly in the worldly ways and the righteousness in God's ways. It gives you understanding. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Again, you're not going to find this in the world. You're not going to find truth and righteousness in the world. It's through God's word. I want to encourage you this morning to begin to seek God through his word. I want to look up just one last scripture here. Are you discouraged? Are you in distress this morning for what's going on about you? You need to be into the word. You need to realize just what we read in Psalms 19. It's true. It's pure. It's perfect. Hallelujah. Righteous altogether. I just want to read a scripture out of 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6. This is talking of David. And David was greatly distressed. Uh, This is at a time when uh, he was leading his group of men around the wilderness. And uh, a group had come in and taken uh, his wives, or their wives, I should say, and, and all their belongings and taken them. And it says, and David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. Because of the soul, because the soul of all the people was grieved, they were in distress, <laughs> they were discouraged. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. If you feel discouraged, go to the one who can encourage you. The only one who can encourage you with his words. Hallelujah. You know, we say we love God's word. 
Do we really love God's word? Is it the delight of our hearts? Do we need it more than we need food? More than we need anything else in life? It is tried and true and proven. And God has promised that it will work. His word will work within our lives if we apply it. You know, in Matthew, there's a scripture and Jesus said, you know, uh, the man who hears these words of mine and, and does them is like a man who built his house upon a rock. You know, there's a difference between hearing the word of God and doing the word of God. Doing, in a sense, is the activating of the faith towards that word that you've heard. It's beginning to believe what you've heard and put it into action. So we need to be people of faith, moving forth in the word, being guided by the word. Hallelujah. It is our source. It is our source. God has given it to us. He has placed his creation around about us so we might know him. He has given us his word so we might know him even to a deeper and a fuller understanding, I believe. Because this is the life of God right here in this book. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you this morning. Continue to think about being a strong man in your house, but pick up the weapons, the Word of God. The Word of God will give you strength to overcome the enemy, will make you the strong man of your house. It will not allow Satan to come in and spoil your house or take control of you. The Word of God is effective. Hallelujah. For us, strong, powerful. Uh, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I just want to thank you for your word today, Lord. May we not be discouraged. May we encourage our hearts in you and in your word, Lord, for in it are the issues of life. Hallelujah. Lord, out of it proceeds everything we need to live in this world. May we realize that, Lord. May it become more precious to us than gold and much fine gold. That's what it says at the end of Psalms 19. Hallelujah, Lord. Your word is more precious than anything we can gain upon this earth. It's that which will keep us and sustain us. Hallelujah, Lord. And it gives us power. Gives us that power to know what is right and what we should be doing. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for the hearts that are here this morning. I just pray, Lord, that they have received your word. Hallelujah, Lord, with enthusiasm. Hallelujah. Father, you're so good to us. Just love you. Just pray, Lord, you'll bless the remainder of our day as we get together in fellowship. Father, may our words be about you. May we not take our eyes off of you, Lord, and be distracted, be discouraged, Lord. Keep us in you. We ask in your name. Amen. Dismissed this morning.